So let's talk about unexpected. I've been telling you over the past uh, over the past couple of weeks as we launched this uh, series that back in September as I was praying, I felt like the Lord just dropped it in my heart and 2016 was going to be the year of the unexpected and uh, that unexpected good things are going to take place in our life. And, uh, and so I believe that we're going to see a lot of good, unexpected things transpire in our life. Yesterday, I had a good unexpected. And uh, at my uh, granddaughter's uh, birthday party, at the conclusion of opening presents and all of that stuff, uh, my daughter-in-law brought out a, uh, two gifts, one for my grandson, one for my granddaughter, and they both pulled it out, and they were T-shirts, and the, my grandson says, older brother, and my uh, granddaughter's T-shirt said, older sister, or something to that effect, bigger sister. Big sister, and uh, and so we found out that my un- unexpected, uh, my daughter-in-law is pregnant, and so, uh, Amen. So excited about that. Also, earlier that week, uh, uh, my my nephew uh, texted me or called me actually, and and told me that uh, that my my uh, his wife, uh, I guess she would be my. Niece-in-law is uh, she's pregnant, and and so excited about that, unexpected too. And, and there's a story behind that. I'm not going to get into that today, but uh, it's exciting that we're going to uh, just see a, a number of unexpected good things take place uh, this this uh, year. I, I want to start out with Ephesians chapter three. Verse 20, and I just want to read that to you. So if you have your Bibles handy, you can open it up to them or to it. And, uh, and if you want to use your device or look on the screen, however you wish. Uh, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, I love the verse 21. It goes on to say this, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Uh, I believe that God's wanting to do great things. So you know we're the church, right? Individually, yes. Corporately, yes. We're the church. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we even ask or think. And he wants to do that. Unexpected things. And, uh, and so there was, there's some statements that I made in the past couple of weeks that I want to just continue to echo and bring to you throughout this series. And the first one is this, is that God is always doing so much more than what we think he is. He's always doing so much more than what we think he is. I'm telling you, he's at work in places we don't realize that he's at work doing things that we don't even realize that he's doing. Uh, second statement is this, is that 2016 will be, will be the best year in our life if it is the best year in our life spiritually. And I, I'm declaring that it's the best year of my life. And it's, it's because it's the best year of my life spiritually. And we're going to see great things take place because I'm pursuing God with all of my heart. And we're going to see God do wonders, wonders. The word wonders actually means miracles. We're going to see God do miracles in many, many ways. And then the third statement that I, I made is this. If we, if we will give God our full attention, 
we will ex- he will exceed our greatest expectation. And God's going to exceed anything that you could think or even ask. And that's what I'm looking for. Amen? Amen? Everything that God has for me. I don't want anything less than his best in my life. Uh, uh, unexpected blessings. Unexpected favor. Unexpected gifts. Unexpected children. Amen? Grandchildren. Unexpected uh, God opportunities and ideas and connections. Things that's going to advance us, advance the kingdom of God. Going to advance us forward into things that God has for us. Unexpected things that God's going to do. Unexpected restorations God's going to bring to pass during this year. And uh, I, I want to encourage you in the process of this year as they come up, don't hesitate. Shoot an email. Go to our website. Grab our email. Shoot an email to us and let us know what God's doing. Fill out a, uh, one of your connection cards and communicate it that way. I, you know, some way get it to us and let us know. So I want to talk about something today uh, that is actually a little bit different thinking, and it's called, it's called this. Here's today's title, Expect Beyond the Unexpected. I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking about the unexpected now. See, we've talked about expecting the unexpected, but how about let's go ahead and let's not stop there, and let's just expect beyond the unexpected. Notice here in Ephesians, back again in verse 20, 320, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, whoo, I like that, abundantly, above, not just above, not just above what we think or ask, but exceedingly abundantly above. In other words, beyond what Beyond the unexpected, God wants to do in our lives. He wants to go far beyond anything that we could ever think or imagine. And I'm expecting the unexpected, but why not expect beyond the unexpected in our life? And so here's, here's, here's what I want to do. I was thinking about, okay, Lord, what is it that you want to say during this time? And this is, this is really what came to me as I was studying and, and meditating and just meditating this thing. I was thinking about the children of Israel and, and I, I, I was thinking about, about how their journey was in life and with the Lord and walking with the Lord and all the miraculous things that the Lord did. And really, there was three stages in, in, in the children of Israel's life. There was the, the Egypt stage, the wilderness stage, and then there was the promised land stage. And unfortunately, the promised land stage was a stage that a whole generation missed out on. There was a whole generation that could have had the promise, the promised land stage, but they missed out on it. And there's some reason why. And I really don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the on the Egypt stage, although I'll talk about it. I really don't want to spend a whole lot, a lot of time on the promised land stage. I mean, the the uh, the wilderness stage. But I want to spend some time on the promised land stage and just just let us know that that's what God's wanting for us. And so let's start about let's start talking about expect beyond the 
unexpected. Let's talk about the Egypt stage. What stage is that? That's the slaving stage. There's a lot of people still stuck in Egypt. Just slaving away, slaving away, slaving away. Exodus chapter 2 verse 23 says, Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. How many people today, Christians, believers, still groaning because of the bondage that they're in? That they're stuck in bondage and don't need to be. God, Jesus, he came. He came to set the captives free. Yet too many people are still walking in bondage. One of the reasons that we have small groups is so that we can get in relationships and help each other out of that bondage. Bible says to confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you would be healed. And so when we come together, we can help each other get free of what God, um, get free from the things that have bound us by the power of God in our lives. And by the way, while I'm at it, uh, if you want to lead a group, we're going to be launching our group in a, in, in a couple of weeks. And I just want to encourage you, if you, if you have a desired leader group, and, and uh, go on to our website, log in and say, hey, I want to. And, and there's a place that you can link in and do that. And, and I just want to encourage you to do that. And we'll get back with you and let you know what, what it takes to do that. And so I, I just want to encourage you to do that. Because God wants not only you free, he wants, to, uh, he wants you to help others get free too. Amen? Amen? But I was thinking about this. What causes people to end up in bondage? Christians, good people. People that, you know, they've, they've committed their lives to God, love God and I, in, in many ways. And what's caused them to end up in bondage? And I, I got to thinking and I laid out a list. And wrong thinking will end a person up into bondage. The Bible says it will cause a stronghold in our life if we're, we're thinking wrongly. How about wrong principles? Just living by wrong principles. You know, we need to live by God's principles. We need to be principle-driven. Too many people are driven by circumstances. Whatever that circumstances dictates is where their life goes rather than the principle. Wrong values. Too many people valuing the wrong values in life instead of God values. And as a result, it puts them in bondage. You start valuing things that God doesn't value, it's going to put you in bondage. Wrong decisions. How many people have been uh, captivated, put, put in a place of bondage because they made a wrong decision in life? Wrong companions. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. So hanging around with the wrong people will get you into a place of imprisonment. Wrong believing. Just believing the wrong things. Getting into a place of disbelief. I made a comment a couple of weeks back, I believe, maybe it was last week. Unbelief is more dangerous than any giant. And all these things to, leads us to being slaves. And the list probably could go on and on and on. And you know, whoever we submit ourselves to, we become a slave to. Is what scripture tells us. And so we're enslaving ourselves into wrong values, wrong thinking, wrong relationships, wrong things in life. Wrong principles. I'll see Christians making decisions and I'm going, boy, I just want to slap them. Jesus, give me, give me permission. 
Not because I want to hurt them, but, but I, want to, I want to wake them up. Please don't do that. Please don't do that because it's going to imprison you. It's going to bind you. You think it's liberating you, setting you free? But no, it's hurting you. And uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 16 says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey? Whether sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. If I'm going to submit and obey somebody, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to be enslaved to righteousness, right things, producing good things in my life. Too often, too many people are stuck in, in Egypt, slaving away. It's like, oh, I can't ever get ahead. I can't ever move forward. It seems like I'm, 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 I, I, I go two steps forward and ten steps back. Have you ever felt like that? I would check up. I would check up on, on, on all these different things that I laid out and see where you are on those things because those are probably the things that have you enslaved to where you're at presently instead of moving forward into the future that God has for you. And so that's the, that's the, first, the first thing. And, and the second thing is wilderness. The wilderness. The, 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 this, is, this is just getting into surviving mode. There's the slaving, and then there's the surviving, where people get into a place, they move out of those places of, of slaving, and, and now they're just surviving. They come to a place in their, in their life where they're just, they're just surviving. And I, I think about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, and they moved into the wilderness. And, and remember, if you, if you remember the conversation that took place uh, the children of Israel, after the ten spies came back, or the twelve spies came back, and two of the spies said, Hey, we can do this. We can go in and enjoy everything that God has for us. Let's go. Let's, let's go kick some devil butt. Let's go kick some giant's butts. You know, let's go do this. Let's get after it. Let's go possess everything that God has for us. Let's do this thing. And ten of the spies says, oh, no, we can't do it. Doubt peddlers. We just cannot do it. It's too much. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I'm just, I was comfortable back in Egypt. Let's go back there. Let's raise up a leader and let's go back there. You remember that whole story? You can read it in, in Numbers 14. We're not going there, but you can read it in Numbers 14. And too many people get there. And one of the things that I'm warning my team all the time, all the time when we meet, listen, it's so easy to get into a place of maintaining. And that when we start maintaining, we just start surviving. We quit advancing. We quit going forward and, and doing great things for God. And we just, we just survive. So many people are in that survival mode where they're not ground gaining, they're just maintaining in life. And, and, and I want to take you to a scripture in Joshua chapter 13 and in verse uh, 3, uh, Joshua 18 verse 3. It says, Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? How long will you neglect it? How long are you going to just stay in that place of maintaining instead of advancing and moving forward? 
How long? What's it, what's it going to take to move you forward? What's it going to take to move you off of where you're at to where you need to be in life? That's what Joshua was saying here. I looked up that word neglect. It's interesting. That word neglect means to relax. How many of us have relaxed in our prayer life or our walk with the Lord or our relationships with one another or church or relaxed in, in, in living by the principles that God has laid out for us to live by, our values, the godly values, uh, the thinking. How many of us are relaxed in the way that we think and we quit, we quit policing our thoughts and bringing those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ? How many of us have relaxed in and just being disciplined in our life in a daily basis, doing what God wants us to do. One of the reasons that I call us to a fast at the very beginning of the year is to help us to be more disciplined in our walk with the Lord. Prayer should happen all the time. It should be daily. I'm always calling us to pray. That's daily thing. But why do I call us to fast? So that we can discipline our flesh. So we don't relax and allow our flesh to just go where the, wherever it wants to go. Do what it wants to do. It helps us to, to clear the clouds so the sun of, can shine through. Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so, so I call us to a fast so that we don't relax. So that we can hear from God. What happens when you relax? We just loosen up. We, we just loosen up. And when you loosen up, guess what? The enemy comes in. Things come in. Set aside every weight and, so, and every sin so, that so easily ensnares. The Bible tells us that there's weights that can easily make their way into our life. A weight isn't necessarily sin, but it does say sin also. But weights can weigh you down and hold you back and keep you right there just surviving. Well, I'm good. Yeah, but you're not the best. You're not the best you. You're not the best family. You're not, you don't have the best marriage that you could possibly have. You're not the best uh, church member that you could be. The best employee, the best employer. You're not the best person that you can be because you've relaxed, you've loosened up. That word, that word neglect also means to get lazy or let go. How many of us just get lazy on a daily basis? And we say, well, that's just good enough. How many have ever said that? It's just good enough. Good enough is not good enough. When God has so much better than us and for us, I mean... It's just not good enough. We've got to want what God wants for us and not settle for less. And I'm here to tell you that he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That he wants us to expect beyond the expected for our lives. But how can we expect if we relax our faith, pull back on our beliefs, pull back on our our, our growth in him? How are we going to experience that? I believe, I believe that uh, neglecting is a, is a horrible thing. Have you ever neglect, neglected your lawn? Yeah. What happens when you neglect your lawn? It looks bad. Stuff grows that you don't want growing. Stuff happens that you don't want happening. What happens when you neglect your body? Stuff grows that you don't want growing. <laughs> <laughs> stuff happens that you don't want happening. Isn't that true? 
You relax your mind, you relax your life, you relax your purpose. You just start surviving rather than advancing, rather than doing great things for God. You know, our marriage, I was thinking about my wife's and I marriage. We have a great marriage. And we, we have purposed in our heart to not just have an, it's an okay marriage or it's good enough marriage. We've purposed to be a model for other marriages, to have a model marriage. But it's something that we have to work at. I'm going to tell you we're not perfect. And we're going to do pieces of stupid. From time to time, we're going to do some pieces of stupid. I thought about telling you about something that happened yesterday, but I better not because I want to live. <laughs> That's not, that one's not smart, right? My teen knows what I'm talking about. And so, because she did reveal it to them, but I won't go there. So I'll reveal one of my pieces of stupid, okay? One day we were having this conversation that turned in a little, to a little heated you ever had one of those? It wasn't ugly. It, was, it, just, oh, it just got under my skin. And, and, and man, out of my mouth, I was just going to tell her, I was going to tell her, uh, you're full of crap. That's what I was going to tell her. But the word crap didn't come out of my mouth. The other word came out. It broke my heart right away. It's like, where did that come from? And Lord, forgive me, honey, please forgive me. I didn't, uh, forgive me. She, she says, in 25 years that I've known you, I've never heard that come out of your mouth. And it came out of my mouth that day. Never since, but it did come out. By the way, that was about 10 minutes ago. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it, it was recently, though. I think it was around the Christmas uh, holiday area, and, uh, and it came out. And I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm not saying to be perfect. I'm not saying that you're not going to do some wrong things. I'm not saying that. that. It's just that you're, you're purposing not to just survive. You're not just wanting to survive in life. You're wanting to uh, achieve everything that God wants you to achieve. Be everything that God wants you to be. Do everything that God wants you to do. And that you're not settling. That you're not going to stay in the wilderness. That you're going to go on into the promised land. So let me share with you in this last little bit of time that we have together. About our promised land. What that looks like. Here's what it is. God wants us achieving. Thriving advancing. He wants us thriving. That the third point is the promised land is thriving. He wants us he wants us thriving in life. Having and getting and accomplishing and doing and experiencing everything that he intended. You know God has that mind. He has a he has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. For us as a church, I think about I think about our church family. Some people don't realize, but God called us to be a body. That your part is as vital as my part. Us all doing it is what makes it happen. That we all have to be united behind what we're doing and 
reaching the lost, discipling the found, equipping the next generation in order to grow a life-giving church. We all have to be about making our weekend services the greatest and the best so that we win those that are far from Christ. We have to we have, to have great small groups to, to pastor the people because I can't do it as one person nor our, even our team. That we need, we need us caring for each other and we need great small groups to be able to do that. We have to have a growth track to, in order to help people to understand that they have a redemptive call. Why God called them, placed them, and put them here on this earth so that, that, so that they can start functioning in that. In a dream team, God called us to be a team to do this together and make it happen. Amen. That's why we do that. And when there's parts of the body missing or, or infrequent and not I- engaged like they need to be, then, then this body is not moving as, as, as efficiently and as effectively as it possibly can. And I don't want us out in the wilderness wandering. There's too many churches out in the wilderness with great potential. I want us thriving in the promised land possessing everything God wants us to possess, taking down giants because giants don't belong in the promised land. Amen? Amen. And experiencing that God, everything that God wants us to experience. But we have to gain this heart. We have to get this heart that God has for us. I love before Joshua, after he took over uh, the leadership of, of Moses, before they went into the promised land, God spoke to Joshua. I love what God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Probably one of the hallmark message, uh, 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 verses in my life that I constantly go back and refer to is this. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. We all got to be speaking the same thing. But you shall meditate in it day and night. We got to be thinking the same thing. We got to be on the same page, thinking according to God's word, according to his spirit and what he wants. We can't be thinking doubtful thoughts. We need to bring those thoughts captive and say, no, we can do this. We can accomplish it. We can make this happen. So we need to meditate on these things day and night until we, we absorb these things until it becomes a reality in our lives. Not just something that we give mental assent to and agree with. But it's a part of it. It becomes a conviction in our life that we're going to do this because God's called us to do this. And we're going to give our lives to do it. And it goes on to say that we may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have. I love the, uh, the way that it states it here that God told Joshua. It does not say you might, you will have. No doubt, you're going to have this. It's yours, baby. Go for it. It doesn't matter what giant you face. It doesn't matter what obstacle. It doesn't matter if there's a wall around Jericho. I can cause that wall, no matter how thick it is, at the shout of of your voices, I can cause that wall to just sink into the earth. And you can go in and overtake it. Some of you have some walls, and those walls have been intimidating to you in your life. And you need to start looking at God as being much bigger than those walls that you're facing in life. And start thriving. I don't care if it's a wall around your children, a wall around your marriage, a wall around your relationships, a wall around your business or businesses 
or whatever that wall is, you need to start seeing God as bigger and start going after it. And with you and God and with us and God, we can do some mighty things. Amen. And let's start shouting God's word over our, our, our life. Amen? Amen? Are you encouraged this morning? Yes. Uh, my friends, Bobby and Vicki, uh, they, they're, they're, they have purpose. They felt in their heart that they're going to be debt-free right away Amen. as soon as possible. And they're going after it. I love that. I love that. They just got it. They feel like it's, God put it in their hearts to do that. And they're going after it. They're not just believing. They're going after it. It's like we're going after this thing. So they, they got them a part-time job. And they're attacking it. And I believe... That God's going to help them to supernaturally get it knocked out way ahead of time. That money's coming. And finances are coming. And they're going to come from unexpected places. Unexpected ways. And that God's going to increase and help them to thrive so that they can move forward and, and, and be able to do what God wants them to do financially in a great way. They're already being used by God financially but in a greater way. Amen? Amen. And I'm here to tell you, God has greater for you. I want to leave you with one scripture, Ephesians 3. That's the one we started out with, but I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible, Ephesians 3, verse uh, 20. It says, Now to him who by, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and, get this, do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely. I looked up that word infinitely, and that means without limit. Amen. Without limit, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Verse 21. It says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. All generations, I'm part of that. You're part of that. We're part of that. He wants to do it for us. Let's pray.